0: We're going to hear from a guy that's just taking profits way too fast. He wants to know what he can do different, how he can prevent that from happening in the future. And that's what we're going to focus on. So for this email today, we're going to call this guy Bert. Good old Florida red nickname, Bert. And Bert says, very new trader here. I have a hard time letting my winners keep riding. Once I have a stock go into the green, I immediately want to sell. Even at 0.5%, I'm only trading with a $250 account, so I'm not risking more than I can afford or anything like that, really trying to learn the process for a while before adding capital, smart move. I've been disciplining myself with tight stop losses and then trusting the analysis I did to start the trade, but I still want to sell as soon as I see the stock go up because I want to capture those gains right away rather than risk losing them. I hear you talk a lot about taking some profits along the way, which definitely helps lower my desire to sell the whole position. You also mentioned placing new stop losses at a higher key support level. My question is, how do you recognize a key support level when it is developing? I think if I knew when and how to place the stop loss, he wrote that in caps, by the way. That's why I was trying to emphasize it, because I felt like he was trying to emphasize it. <laughs> if I knew the when and how to place the new stop losses, I would be more comfortable letting the winners ride. Thank you for your podcast and patron services. Thank you, Bert. All right, Bert, we're going to get to your question Just a second. But first, what am I drinking? I am drinking blackened, but it's not just any blackened like I've done in the past, which, by the way, is a really good bourbon. It's one of my favorites. But this blackened is mixed or blended, I guess is the correct term, with Willet. So, Willet's not bad if you don't get the one that looks like a bong. It's the one that looks like it's in a normal bottle, like with a green label or with a purple label. Those are good. The one that's shaped like a bong tastes like you're munching your way through a flower patch, and it's just absolutely disgusting. But the higher end Willets are really good. Don't fall for the fancy bottled Willet that literally looks like it came from a bong factory. Okay, so this one's 54.8% alcohol, which makes it 109.6 proof. Color looks nice and light. It's a brown color, it's not like the piss toilet water color. It's, it's a light brown. And to the nose, it has like a pretty good brown sugar flavor, like a very strong one, too. And to the taste, man. Picking up on some serious caramel flavors. And then the finish. The finish is kind of interesting because it does come with a little bit of a kick, but it's nothing serious. But you got this like buttery, like cinnamon flavor as a finishing taste. It's not bad. It's kind of a different finish for sure. But the crazy thing about this is it's got a $154 bottle price. Now, did I pay that? Heck no. I got a sample. So I'm not paying that. I would never pay $154 for this bottle. It just isn't worth it to me. It doesn't make it necessarily a bad bourbon. I just think it's poorly priced. And I think they're trying to capitalize on the name of Willet. But scale of one to 10, it's hard to rate this thing too high just because if you're going to charge $154, that thing better come out swinging. And I just don't think it gives you enough of that like excitement to warrant a real high score. So if it was say like a $40 bottle, easily this one could be an everyday sipper. Maybe even like a a chill weekend sipper. But $154, you can't afford to sip that stuff every day. So I'm going to give it a 7.9. That's about as high as I can go. I just can't give this thing anything over an 8. So 7.9, that's what we're going with. Now, Bert has a good email here. And this plagues a lot of traders. Man, I see it with a lot of people. I see it with friends all the time where they'll plan out the trade and everything, but then they take profits fast. And so I'm really trying to figure out where Bert's going with this one because he's trading with $250, right? Nobody likes to lose $250 on a trade. I don't want to lose $250 on a trade. There's a lot you can do with $250, like go to McDonald's. I mean, McDonald's, I think the number three now is $250. But he tells you right in the email, I'm not risking more than I can afford to lose or anything like that. And he's trying to learn the process of of swing trade, learning how to do that whole thing. But then when he gets up, he'll take profits at like a half percent. So if it's not necessarily like a meaningful amount of money, why is he trading it like it is? Like Why is he taking profits like he's afraid to lose? And that's where I think what it actually is. I think it's not so much the money that he's trying to make. I think it's the fact that he can't willingly lose on a trade. So that's not a good place to be. That's like ego talking right there. So fear of losing plays to your ego. And eventually the market's going to knock down that ego, something bad. You have to be willing to lose in the stock market. And you guys listening to me for any length of time know that I've said that quite a bit. You're going to lose. You're going to lose a lot. And if you do this for 10, 15, 20 years, you're going to have a lot of losing trades. You're going to have some humiliating trades. And even some of those humiliating trades will come on the cusp of being a good risk manager of managing the risk consistently. It just happens in trading. But you have to strip yourself of that ego. You have to be willing to lose and have to be okay with losing. You can't let it be one of those things to where every time you take a loss, you try to do the exact thing on the next trade that you think you should have done on the previous trade. Like, man, I sold too early. I'm not selling early again. So then you hold it too long. Or if you held it too long, you're like, I'm going to be much more aggressive on the prospect taking. So on the next trade, you're too aggressive and the thing takes off. You don't want to just kind of have these knee jerk reactions to every one of your trades. Instead, you want to look for trends and areas where you can improve in consistently. And I believe Bert when he says that, you know, he's not playing with an amount of money that is going to be detrimental to him if he loses it all. And that's why I really think that it's more about winning and losing to him rather than paying the dues and taking the time to become a good trader. You can't force success in the market. You can continue to increase your knowledge base, continue to gain experience, but you can't force success. Most people, when they get into the stock market, they want to force the success. They want to be great right out of the gate. That rhymed. But the sad part is is that's usually the mentality that causes us to leave the markets early before we actually have a chance to see our full potential as a trader. Because when we don't have that success initially, we just say to ourselves, it's not for me, or the market's rigged, or I can't do this, I'm going to find something else to do. And then they buy something that's probably worse than anything (laughs) they could have done in the stock market. But the issue of taking profits too soon, especially when you're taking like half percent or 1% gains, and you're setting your stop losses at, let's say you're setting them at 2%. Well, then you're in a situation of small losses that will outpace even smaller rewards. And so we go back to the reward risk ratio. What does that tell you? It's like try to at least double what you're willing to risk on a trade. So if I'm taking a 3% risk on the trade, I'm going to try to aim for that like 6%. I want a trade setup where it's feasible to be able to pull out of it or extract from the trade a 6% profit. If it's a 4% stop loss, then it's an 8% profit. Ideally, it should be about three to one. Sometimes in a bear market, that can be a little bit more difficult because, let's face it, the lowest the stock can go is zero. So you can't just write it into infinity like you can a winning trade. So when I'm short in the market, I'm looking more for that two to one return in most cases. That doesn't mean I don't come away with a three to one return on some of my short setups, but my aim is to get a two to one return. Simply because the markets will sell off and then they'll immediately bounce. There's this propensity to buy the dip to try to create these dead cap bounces that you don't really see the inverse of in a bull market. I would maybe even say this, maybe even, well, let me back up a little bit. I think Bert here is probably putting all $250 on one single trade. That would be my guess because most people are going to because it's only $250. I mean, there's a lot of stocks that trade well over $250 a share. So if he was to trade like $50 on each trade, it wouldn't be necessarily the most exciting thing in the world from a dollar standpoint because if he made 5% on a $50 trade, he's essentially making like 250 right? But I also tell people too, don't get caught up in the dollars, especially when you're starting off trading with like, let's say $250. Don't even worry about that stuff. Yes, $250, like I said earlier, it's still important, but don't think you're going to get rich off of that because you're not. I mean, it, you have to get into some crazy penny stock that just completely went crazy and penny stocks are absolutely dangerous. You have a thousand times of a better chance of losing everything in a penny stock than you do having even make a dollar in the penny stock market probably. But maybe even cut exposure. If you're doing your full position size with your entire account, maybe cut it down to $125 and just see how that works. And also what works is swingtradingthestockmarket.com. Yes, this is my Patreon website that I refer to oftentimes. It supports the podcast when you join. You're gonna get all my stock market research each and every day. I'm sending out multiple videos, watch lists, I'm sending out updates on tech. I'm sending out updates on all the major indices. I'm giving you the stocks that I'm looking at each day as well as different trade ideas. So Check that out, swingtradingthestockmarket.com. By becoming a member, you're also supporting this podcast, so I appreciate it quite a bit. So his actual question on the podcast, and we haven't even got to that, from Bert is, my question is, how do you recognize a key support level when it is developing? I think if I knew when and how to place new stop loss, I would be more comfortable letting the winners ride. Well, there's an interesting word that he uses there is developing. When a support level is developing. I don't care about it developing. I want it to be developed. I want it to be there already. I'm not going to anticipate the support level. I'm going to wait for it to be developed and work it then. You don't want to anticipate support levels. You don't want to say, well, it could end up bouncing right here and creating a new support level, but there's really no support level there or no basis for thinking that it's going to bounce there. You want to wait for that support level to actually be created. And then when there is a definitive support level, then when that stock is moving higher, I'll raise my stop loss below that key support level. So there's a lot that we covered in this podcast. We went a little bit shorter than I was expecting. But remember, don't try to force success in your trading. If you do it, you're more than likely going to take on unnecessary losses. And the fact that he's taking half percent gains tells me that he's probably struggling with the fact that he doesn't want to come away a loser on the trade. And it doesn't make you a loser. It just means you had a losing trade. We're going to have losses in trades. you got to get used to it. And it doesn't reflect on you being a bad trader, especially for those who are trying to force success. I think those are misplaced perceptions on what trading is about. You're going to have losing trades. That doesn't necessarily negate you from becoming a successful trader down the road, but it's definitely not going to happen right out of the gate. Can't be afraid of losing money. You can't be afraid of losing trades as long as you're planning out the trades, as long as you're planning for the risk and you're following your plan and you're keeping the risk tight. And when you start fearing losing, you're playing to your ego. You're playing to the desire that I can't afford to lose. And you don't want to be in that situation. So you got to strip yourself of your ego. And remember, if you're taking profits far too quickly, that means you're putting yourself in a situation where smaller losses will outpace even smaller rewards. So That's going to do it for this one. If you guys have any questions, make sure to send me an email at ryan at shareplanner.com. Make sure to leave a five-star review too. I've been reading the stuff that you guys have been leaving lately. I do appreciate it. I appreciate it a lot, actually. I saw some reviews from Lean Thin. Appreciate his kind words. Also from Jester DCV. Those were awesome as well. Makes me really happy to see some of those kind reviews pouring in. So thanks again, and God bless.